0: Well, good morning, Bethany here in the sanctuary at home. Uh, my name is Bill Knipp. I was privileged and honored to uh, serve uh, Bethany for 44 years, uh, but who's counting, right? Uh, and so that was over a year ago. I retired, but was invited uh, graciously to come back and to share uh, the word of the Lord with you. Pastor Danner sends his greetings. He's on a men and boys retreat, no doubt, uh, benefiting from that greatly. And then we also have some teenagers on a retreat. so. People are, when a retreat doesn't mean you give up, it means you get together in smaller groups and talk about things in a a whole weekend environment. Having said that, it is a joy to be here as we continue a series uh, that uh, began a while back about being in the wilderness, and we'll talk about that this morning. As a matter of fact, we want to talk about what it is to lead in the wilderness, leading in the wilderness wilderness Uh, now i don't know what you associate with wilderness Uh, maybe you're an outdoorsy type that climbs mountains so you might associate that with this pristine area of the united states or yes even texas uh, that is unencumbered uh, by uh, fast food uh, places or service stations you're kind of out there Ah, in nature it's a wilderness Uh, Your phone doesn't even work. You think, this is great. Well, there's also another kind of wilderness. A wilderness that is foreboding, maybe physically. You're not sure what's going to crawl out from under a rock. You're not sure if that howl that you hear in the evening as the sun sets is not a bunch of wolves or coyotes getting ready to pounce on their next meal. It could be a physical place of danger. A person is in the wilderness in the military, perhaps a place that looks so foreign. There's nothing here that looks what I'm used, like what I'm used to. There's also the, the, the wilderness of the heart in the spirit. It's a place where one describes and perhaps you know what that is. A place that things just fell apart. It's a place where I feel extremely lonely. It's a place of uncertainty. It's a place of fear. Wilderness. Now, in scripture, wilderness is also often associated with a place where God encounters a person with a special message which gives them the opportunity for transformation, for growth, for seeing things in a new way or acknowledging the power that God gives to go through the wilderness. Now today, we're, fini- we're completing, we're not finishing it, but that's a uh, series that we've talked about, uh, wilderness. And you've had the opportunity perhaps to consider your own sense of wilderness. What is it for me? What is it for me? What was that time in my life? What, it, it's, it's right now someone might say, or oh, there was, that was a period of my life, man. I just don't ever wanna go back there. Wilderness. You know, at times someone's pushed into a wilderness. I didn't ask for this. Sometimes one figures, oh, I think what's on the other side of the town or the other side of the hill is a lot better than staying at home and saying yes to dad or mom's expectations. So it's possible that people can walk into the wilderness under their own power or be thrown into it or or, or in a way be be just almost just slammed into it over situations that they have no control to determine the outcome. Yeah, politically, economically, health wise. Hey, look, I jogged, took vitamins and all that. My goodness, there's this dark spot on my lungs and I never smoked. You know, that can happen to a person. No, it's there's just no control wilderness. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to go into the wilderness again today with uh, Moses, a great leader of what are called the children of Israel, the people of God, the precursor to the Holy Christian Church. A nation, a group that formed to hold fast a promise that God had made to them that they were to proclaim to others. That God is a God who is personal, who is embedded in history, and has a plan, not just a plan, you know, plan A, plan B, plan C, but no, taking us to a promised land. We want to pick up that, uh, that sense of what was happening here in the lives of the children of Israel. What they were needing is a leader, because you need a leader when you're in your desert, when you're in your wilderness. You need someone that knows how to get through it and to get past it. You need someone that can point out where the water is that refreshes, where the food is that sustains, where the enemy is that you don't want to go there. You need a leader. You need a leader. And we're going to see today that Jesus is our leader, even as Moses was the leader at the point in Exodus 18 that I'm going to read. It goes like this jethro moses father-in-law together with moses sons and wives came to him moses exodus chapter 18 verse 5 if you have a device you can look at that 18:5, where moses was camped near the mountain of god which is mount sinai on which the ten commandments were given to us so there is Moses with all these people about three months about after they had gotten out of Egypt yeah what's so bad about Egypt let me tell you they were oppressed generations and generations and generations guess what we do the same stuff we make bricks we're told what to do that's not what a parent wants for a child that's not what your parent wanted for you I mean, if they're a good enough parent. All right. So they got out of that out of town. They're led out because God had promised. He had promised. Let's assume you here in the sanctuary are the children of Israel. All right. So we're going to go to a place called the promised land. This is not a new concept because in our community, those that were able to share the community said, let me tell you, it looks bad. Now we're in Egypt. This is not where we belong. 430 years before let's just say i'm the dad and you're the children young young children let me tell you there's an ancestor that we have his name is abraham and the god came to him in a desert and said abraham you're going to be the father of many nations you're going to be a blessing to people you're going to have a place to be. And you know what, kids? Abraham believed him. So much that he picked up everything he had and moved toward that direction. And guess what? Then he had a son and they had a son. There was Abraham, his boy Isaac, his boy Israel or Jacob, and they are our descendants. And here we are. We were in Egypt, not where God wanted us. But where we were, and I am leading you out. And we're going to go to the promised land. So off they go. It's called the Exodus. But here they are. You know what? You know what, you know what about kids? Children will be children. Okay? Don't be surprised if you have teenagers if they're children. Why? They're children. Not putting them down. I was a teenager once. I was still a child. Children do childish things so in a way he had his hands full we're going to the promised land oh do we have to stop at Taco Bell again we did that last night mom she is on my part of the back seat tell her to move now he pinched me y'all be quiet or I'm gonna stop the car All right? tell you what things were not going well for the children of Israel that's when Jethro shows up as mentioned he was Moses father-in-law and he brings some wisdom you know kind of older and wiser kind of thing so he looks around and says Moses Uh, the next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people Moses is doing what Moses does he's their leader and he's wanting to organize them he's wanting to have some system of, of, of how they relate to one another what they do and how they live and uh there are all kinds of people around him hey what about this what about that oh taco bell oh hey okay what are we how long is it going to be before we get to where the promised land is it was all this stuff going on and it kind of reminds me of a mom with a couple of kids one's pulling on one leg one's pulling on the other leg and then oh by the way i'm bringing someone home for supper honey okay i mean no, whoa stressed so he is going through all of that father-in-law saw this and he says what are you doing with this people why are you the only one sitting as the judge a judgment making the decisions charting the con uh, the course you know calling the plumber right I mean why are you why are you having to do all this Uh, can't someone else do some of that well Moses answered him well they come to me and I seek God's will I mean God has told me that I am the leader Whenever there's a dispute, it's brought to me. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you're doing is not so good. Okay. Moses, if you haven't noticed, you got a problem. Now, what was the problem? Moses thought it was all up to him. You ever been there? It's all up to me. I mean, how was that? I, I know some things you're responsible for. I know that. You know, I'm respons- it, it was up to me to be here this morning or y'all would have a video, I guess, or something. Yeah, okay, it's, it's not saying there aren't responsibilities, but there was a sense that the burden is all on my shoulders. Making sense of this is all up to me. Being strengthened to make it through the wilderness is all up to me it's all up to me well (laughs) jethro said moses the work is too heavy for you you cannot handle it alone well are you saying i'm not competent no i'm saying you can't handle it alone are you saying i'm not smart enough to figure this out no I'm saying you can't handle it alone. What it, what would it be like, or what is it like, when you feel like you have to handle it alone? Yes, I know, you've got to show up for it. Okay, all right, I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm talking about life. I'm talking about dealing with distress. I'm talking about dealing with shame. I'm talking about dealing with fear. I'm talking about dealing with guilt. I'm talking about dealing with that lovely, wonderful beautiful person who died much too early and you can't ever hug her again you can't make it through that alone so what um jethro does sorry I can't do this alone someone in the back is helping me right now I mean really thank you I must have pushed this is a new thing I pushed the wrong button tell you what I know (laughs) can't do it alone now we can go two ways here on this text one way is to do a leadership organizational seminar so that you have an org chart for your life when we're finished an organizational chart that's not where we're gonna go now at the time see there's more to it than what meets the eye at the time Jethro in his wisdom said look you gotta organize these people I mean there are thousands of people here so find people that can handle a thousand get a thousand to be under that person and then get people that can handle hundreds and people that can handle tens that's a great if you're running General Motors or Apple, or a, a, a military uh, battalion. I mean, or if you're running the house, you can't do it all. <laughs> okay. We can go there. I'm not going to go there. We could. We can do that some other time, not on a Sunday morning. <laughs> but he said, let me tell you, Moses the community there are resources here in the community you need each other they need more than just you Moses the importance of community the importance of finding gifts in that group that can complement one another in a way that net brings out of that community blessing and peace and goodness scripture says it like that like this carry each other's burdens all right, Moses, you can't do it all. Guess what? I, Whoa, i tell you what, any part of my life, I can tell you how I can't do it all. I can tell you where I tried to do it a couple of times, it did not end well, okay? It never will end well. Carry each other's burdens. Now, what does that mean? Oh, we could, uh, just uh, several things. That means that we are there for one another in the body of Christ, and in that early Israeli community, you've got to be here for one another. You're going to share the back seat. You're not going to get nitpicky about she's a half an inch on your side. You're going to show some compassion. You're going to trust, look, hey, I got coupons for Taco Bell, so that's where we're going, even if you're tired of it. There's going to be a little appreciation for the limits in a system and in a family carry each other's burdens in a congregation for instance here we weep with one another yeah I must say and pardon a little personal thing here but I know we were here three months when our daughter died I didn't know hardly anybody at Bethany I know they mowed my lawn I know they lent me a car so I could go to the funeral because my car was in the garage. I know we got hugs. I know there was food. I know there were prayers. I know there were cards. We weep with those who weep. And we rejoice with those who rejoice because I guarantee you there is much rejoicing in this community. And there will always be rejoicing in this community. But the point is we connect and we do that which the Lord's called us to do. It is in this community that we bear each other's burdens, that we walk with someone who has stumbled. We walk with someone who's moving more slowly than we think they ought to move, whether that's in your home or whether that's corporately. It is in the body of Christ that we carry each other's burdens. We encourage one another. As we gather where the person next to you heard exactly what you heard their sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ whether you like them or not Okay. we bear in Jesus the blessing of his grace and mercy this is a place in the community where we hear this word of good news, that who is in charge? Who is in charge? It's not you. It's not me. It is the God, as Moses declared, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God who is embedded in history. The God who in Jesus Christ became flesh, became one of us. Who knows what it is to journey in the wilderness? Who knows what it is to fight the demons in the wilderness? Who knows what it is, if, if in effect, to be bitten by a viper in the wilderness? We have this God, not a sun god, not a stream god, not a, tra- a, a tree god, not a, a god of wine or a god of revelry or whatever. You see those those were the gods that were running around there they were false gods they were illusions they weren't gods they're created in the mind god isn't created in the mind god is in our world and in your life and amongst us as his people right now i don't know uh it, it, the world's wobbling not on its access necessarily although it's just a tad of a wobble sometimes but uh, we're here to proclaim to one another and whoever will listen that we can't do it ourselves and even if someone thinks they can even if a despot politically or economically or socially has thrown entire world into the wilderness the God who has redeemed his people, will not allow that evil to win. Never has. There have been wars. There will always be wars. But the victory, as it says in Scripture, the victory is ours through Jesus. That is a burden that, that, that when people are burdened by that, we're here to say, whoa, let me tell you, about the promised land that God has prepared for those who love him. We carry each other's burdens, and it is, although at times heavy, it is always joy-filled. Now, a little bit later in Galatians, Paul says but everyone should carry his own load now what does that mean the point there are some things we carry each other's burdens but there are some things only you can bear and it's interesting there are two different words the word burden is a different Greek word than load there are two different weights ones like a duffel bag you know where you pile a bunch of stuff in it including the cot. And the other's a knapsack. Okay? But he said, you know what? Everyone has to carry something that no one else can carry. What is that? Well, you are the one whose parent died prematurely. I mean, that's where your experience is. Someone else can understand, oh, yeah, my parent died too. But you know, that was even. Separate, because all relationships are so unique. Only you know what it was like. Only you, in some cases, know what it was like to be betrayed. And you can get in a group where a bunch of folks have been betrayed. But everyone has his or her own story. Everyone has his or her own story about woe. I need to get past that in my life someone say buck up you should be over it but no what time out some things take a little more time to get past but what do you do with that what do you do what do you do well we don't say I need a Moses we say I need a Jesus I need Jesus as Paul says I can do all things through him who strengthens me now who is Paul this is in scripture Paul was a follower of Jesus at one time a scoffer at, at one time uh, had blood on his hands was, you know, str- grabbing Christians by the neck and squeezing he says I was I was an angry man I thought I was doing the right thing you know being a good person that doesn't love jesus i loved it you know i was really good at not loving him and then jesus encountered him (laughs) i tell you what boy did paul ever understand grace he said man if he can save me he can save anybody it's paul who says i can do all things through him through him it's not i can do all things because my goodness i have a good pedigree which he did i have a good resume which he did I made a little bit of money, which he had. I'm really smart, which he was. I really have an ability to, to motivate people, which he did. But he said, no, no, no. I can do all things. I can deal with any situation that I encounter in the wilderness through him, not through me, through him who strengthens me so those personal things and those corporate things we take to the Lord and say Lord you are the one who will heal you are the one who will strengthen you are the one who forgives because tell you what I was told I'll never forgive you for that someone said You are the one that forgives. You are the one that creates life out of death. You are the one that breathes life into dead bones. You are the one that shows the living water of your mercy and grace in a desert in which my tongue is swollen and my mouth is parched. Jesus, you are my strength. And he demonstrated that strength when he came out of the grave. Jethro said to Moses, Moses, they're going to let them only bring the big stuff to you. But tell you what, even Moses couldn't handle all the big stuff. There's only one who can handle the big stuff. There's only one who can forgive sins graciously. There's only one who went to the cross to take upon himself the sin of the world. There is only one that the Father breathed life into when he was in that tomb upon his death. His name is Jesus. And he is the one who is our strength. Because he knew you couldn't handle it alone. And that's why he came to bring you home. So the one who leads you in the wilderness, Moses did a pretty good job. But hey, look, they were still cantankerous kids and they still had lots of problems. So Jesus, not Moses, leads us in the wilderness. And you know what? You're not going to be there forever (laughs) because he leads us through the wilderness into what is called the promised land no more tears no more sadness no more conflict no more disease no more temptations no more shame nor guilt nor anything we're on the way folks we're closer today than we were this morning Closer right now than we were this morning. And we're going to the promised land. May you trust the promise of the one who leads. His name is Jesus. Amen.